1: plus
0: oh man i love it all right it's funny the sports debates never ending for sure. Uh, we're going to drop some Hugh Freeze on his quarterback situation here in a second. They started, I know this is, or maybe it's not for you, but Auburn started spring ball. Uh, you ready? You ready for I the- believe in Auburn and love it. War Eagle. All right, so so they, they started spring ball, and Blake and I were talking about, you know, what are they going to do with their QB situation? And do you think he's still going to look around this summer? I mean, like when Jackson Dart transfers, you know, yeah. I mean, will Jackson Dart end up at at Auburn. I don't know. I don't know. Um I know whoever Hugh Freeze has, whoever the quarterback is, uh they'll be better because Freeze is so good at at making life as good as as comfortable as he can for his guy. And we we saw that nonstop at um well, wait. even before he got to Ole Miss, while he was at Ole Miss, and then what he did at, at Liberty. He's just a phenomenal football coach. And I know how many people listening love him, and I know there's a lot of people listening that don't like him. So <laughs> what do you think that if we if we got a true poll yeah? and we polled
2: like 1,000 people, a good percentage, like 500 state, 500 Ole Miss, just make it even, just – a thousand people. How many of them are going to say they are, if you could only choose one of the other, pro Hugh Freeze or anti Hugh Freeze? What do you think that split would be?
0: What would the split, pro or anti? You have to pro go or one con. or the other.
2: You're not going to. There's no apathy. Okay, so, so no, no in between. There's no in between. You right. You're pro Freeze or anti. So you got to put a foot down. I'd say forty percent
0: pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, actually, good. that's. By the way, that's a pretty large number, in always, my opinion. Always gonna be
2: a little what if with how that whole situation was managed. Right. As to whether or not he even ever leaves Oxford, you know, if it had been managed differently. But we've gone down that road. Yeah, we've
0: gone down that road. Look, if if you don't if you don't urinate down, you know, Houston Nuts' leg, um, it could have been a different deal, and then Tom, Martin, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, yeah. I don't know, but, but that whole thing, it's the whole woman scorn thing, yeah. But now we have Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Well, so let's let's drop. Uh, Freeze was talk; he's all excited. You can tell if you watch the video. I mean, the guy, look, he understands that he he lost a really really good job. Mm-hmm. Okay, he understands that he's, and then he got to, he had to work his way back, and he is now. At a top fifteen program that has the ability to win the national championship.
2: And what does it not what does it have that Liberty didn't have? Cameras. Hughes back in the spotlight. Back. he's not more, just back in the spotlight. More than he was
0: in Oxford. Oh, no question. Because when you're next door to Nick Saban, Auburn's massive. You just get all the spillover. Yeah, you do. And and you know, they've had such big names. And he's beaten Nick Saban. So there's even right.
2: more spice to this game. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I I like the way you. And he's going to beat Nick Saban this year at Auburn. All right, this is Freeze on his quarterback situation yesterday. I think they're hungry. I think they want to be taught. They want to learn a different way. They want to learn a different system. And um, I just, I think they all have been like a sponge and saying, "Just help me, coach. Just, I want to get better. I want to be the guy." And, um, obviously they're all a little different and we've got to figure out, you know, to play to the strengths of those guys. But at some point, all three will have to, to be the guy you're going to have to lead the football team. I know we talk about it all the time, but he just dropped it and he is one of the best at it. Play to their strengths. No, he just is. Every coach talks about it, but not every coach walks the walk. Or it's just, it's not their fault. Not every coach has the ability. Most coaches don't. I don't, but there's a lot of good coaches out there. And then there's a lot of bad coaches out there. And then there's just a lot of mediocrity, okay? It just is what it is. Same thing in any, any profession. So the bottom line is, that guy that just, that you just heard the audio from, he knows how to play to their strengths. And what I'm talking about there, the team as a whole, but especially the most important position on the field, and that is quarterback. And he is one of the best in the business. And that is not a good hire for Ole Miss or Mississippi State. You would rather them have a Brian Harson, Gene Chiswick type guy there so that you can almost split with Auburn, okay? Or, you know, uh, if it's not five out of ten, four out of ten, um, now they, he's going to load the boat. And they're going to be a player in the, in the national conversation at some point. And the 12-team playoff is going to be the gift that keeps on giving for Hugh Freeze and John Cohen and War Eagle Nation. I wouldn't be surprised if Hugh can turn this thing on Alabama a little bit. And, and really, again, he loaded the boat at Ole Miss. He did some amazing things at Ole Miss not just 14 and 15, leading into 14 and 15. You know, to pull off the winning season in 12, to get a little bit better in 13, what he made Bo Wallace was, was, I mean, Bo's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's athletic. He obviously had skills. But what Freeze did developing Bo Wallace was tremendous, getting Chad Kelly's mind right. He's going to find the guy at Auburn, and they'll, they'll roll. Now, what does that look like when we go when we do away with the divisions? Hugh needs to stop playing Georgia and Bam every year. Oh, mm, and And so we'll see if that if that happens or not. Um, I don't know how it's going to look, y'all. I don't know who you're going to get as far as your permanent opponents. I think most of us believe that you're going to get three permanent opponents and six rotating. Y'all know that I like the one permanent opponent and seven rotating. Let's just go Mississippi State, Ole Miss every year and then let's rotate and Ole Miss doesn't have to play Bama and MSU doesn't have to play Bama and MSU and Ole Miss don't have to play LSU every year and Auburn every year. Um, You've had the toughest schedule in the history of college. uh, Mississippi State's had the toughest schedule in the history of college football the last 100 years. Ole Miss since 92 has been right there with them. Um, um, but again, the Blake, the three, six model, I think is where we're going. Yeah. Because it's nine games and Hugh freeze would like to draw Bama and not draw Georgia. Uh, I think Hugh freeze
2: is going to be unfortunately sad. I think they probably will get Bama in Georgia and then get a,
0: a pansy as we like to call it. Well, if they get Bama in Georgia, you have to give them Bandy. I think so. Or Missouri, something like that. I don't, I don't even know. think that. that That's a massive bump. Uh, I mean, Vandy is by far and away the worst team and the worst recruiter in the league by a million miles. And uh, I don't, you know, maybe Vandy gets it together at some point, but they never have really. You know, Franklin had two good years. Other than that, in my lifetime, they haven't been any good. That's correct. And at times, they've been god-awful. So, there we go. Also, I want to let you know there was some breaking news this morning, uh, MRA guard Josh Hubbard is uh, has been let out of his national letter of intent from Ole Miss. He's opened up his recruitment. That's according to own three. Josh Tipton this morning. I, that, I know the rumors. Uh, you'd been hearing about that for four to six weeks, maybe longer. Anytime you have a coaching change, this kind of thing is pretty common. Kermit Davis Jr. Um, and Ole Miss go in their separate ways. So Josh Hubbard opens up his recruitment. He will have plenty of suitors, and we'll see, you know, what happens. It was uh, it was a Mississippi State-Ole Miss battle. MSU had a coaching change, and Jans didn't have quite enough time to, uh, you know, cultivate that relationship, so to speak. We'll see how that looks. Josh Hubbard, MRA guard, uh, opens up his recruitment, and uh, their season ended last night in the overall tournament. He had a, a remarkable career. For MRA Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent Mike D coming up next away, yeah.
3: with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio, hour number three on March 1st. That's right. It's the first of March. How are we already here? College baseball season underway in full swing. It's almost March Madness. I know you can taste it, especially the uh, Bulldogs and the Golden Eagles trying to get into the NCAA tournament. ESPN 105.9 The Zone, Blake Scott rocking and rolling alongside Uh, A Wednesday afternoon, we're excited to have you along for the ride. Coming off a a big Tuesday, if you're just joining us, Mississippi State wins 10-9 over Southern Miss uh, behind an impressive performance by Nate Dome out of the bullpen. Uh, He got the win in the final innings, but really it was uh, the first example of the cardiac dogs that we saw in 2021 and a little bit of what Ole Miss was able to do in 2022. This uh, last night, Mississippi State down 9-6, to six, headed into the bottom of the eighth inning, and they put up four runs. They went 10-9 to nine over Southern Miss. It was a fantastic game over at Pearl in Braves. Pete Lavin and the crew rocking and rolling in Pearl, and uh, it was a fantastic game between the Golden Eagles and the Bulldogs. And, of course, Mississippi State picked up the rare double dip. That's right, the rare double dip they were able to win in basketball and in baseball last night as Chris Jans and company... Wrap-up, senior night, and the home slate of games in the SEC with a big win over South Carolina. They came back. They took a lead early, held an eight-point lead at halftime. Then they didn't score. I think they had four points in the first eight minutes of the second half. And South Carolina got up. State came back. It was that Chris Jans defense. It was a trip to the dentist for those South Carolina Gamecocks, and they came away with a root canal and a loss as Chris Jans and company one step closer – one step closer to sealing the deal and getting into the NCAA tournament. They play Vanderbilt on the weekend away from home. And a win against Vanderbilt would would pretty much guarantee you're in. Right now, still on the bubble, but it's looking better and better for Chris Jansen company. And then Ole Miss, big game tonight. I know, you know, nobody freaks out about midweek baseball like State and Ole Miss fans. It's truly remarkable. You would think each midweek game was a trip to Omaha. Uh we saw last night how much it meant to State and Southern with a little in-state rivalry action in Pearl. Well, Ole Miss drops a heartbreaker to, to La Tech, and I can't believe I'm using that word in the midweek, but it feels like every midweek game hurts. Ole Miss drops one, 6-5 to five, to La Tech in Oxford. They now get set to play again today. And what do the Rebels have? They left 13 runners on base last night. 13 runners on base for Ole Miss as they had 13 hits but only five runs. We'll see if Mike Bianco and company can pick things up here tonight or this afternoon as they're going to start about midday, three o'clock first pitch for Ole Miss versus La Tech. Still no word out of Oxford on Hunter Elliott. The longer that goes on, you get more and more concerned. But right now, Ole Miss and Mike Bianco just trying to win a game today against Louisiana Tech. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Blake Scott filling in for Bo Bounds here. In the third hour, we're going to have Dave Bartu coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. That's right, Dave Bartu going to talk a little numbers behind the NFL draft and quarterbacks and how to evaluate college QBs headed to the NFL. It will be interesting to see how Bryce Young, who will not throw at the combine this week. That's right. Bryce Young, who will not throw at the combine this week. How does his size and stature continue to play out in the NFL draft world? Right? This is a world that gets whew, we get all hot and bothered over hand size and how you know how big around are your calves and do you have biceps the size of my forehead what you know how do you look in those uh, Under Armour or Adidas dry fits as you run a forty against air we love the combine and the underwear Olympics if you remember when Joe Burrow was being drafted big concern about Joe Burrow's hand size oh no. Joe Burrow's hands are so small, will he be? Will he ever be able to carry the football? Is Joe Burrow ever going to be able to throw a pass in the NFL because his hands are so small? Well, now he's been to two AFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. I don't think we're worried about Joe Burrow's hand size anymore, right? Same thing with Bryce Young. How are people going to lose their minds over Bryce Young's size this week at the Combine? Uh, I mean, it's going to be the big question. And then I think out of that as well, some of the questions will be: Who who are the quarterbacks that established themselves behind Bryce Young? Right now, it feels like Bryce is the number one pick, but what if we have an upset? What if Anthony Richardson sells somebody like the Texans or the Colts? Right, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and is the forgotten name on the NFL draft big board? Is the forgotten name the best of the bunch? Hinden Hooker. Maybe Hendon Hooker is the guy you want all along. I've been on the Hooker train. I was on the Hooker train all fall. I know some of y'all were. Some of you might have fallen off when he got injured. I'm not. I think Hendon Hooker has an opportunity to potentially be the best QB of all of them. But we're going to talk to Dave Bartu, the numbers nerd, at CFB Matrix on Twitter. The numbers nerd, Dave Bartu, coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This is the Out of Bounds Show ESPN 105.9, The Zone. Remember the Out of Bounds Show, powered by Mississippi Smart Homes. MSSmarthomes.com. That's right, MSSmarthomes.com. If you want to upgrade your sound system, your home theater system, you want to get, you know, Bo last night had baseball on one TV. He had basketball on the other TV. You're going to need to be able to monitor all the college baseball, all the March Madness, the NFL Draft, and then, of course, football season, it'll, it's just around the corner. Let Jake Manning and the crew at mssmarthomes.com take care of you. mssmarthomes.com. Tell them you uh, heard about them on the Out of Bounds show, and we appreciate that. No baseball tonight for Mississippi State. The game of the day is Ole Miss versus Louisiana Tech. I hate to say must win, but you can't lose two midweek games in the same week, right? Mississippi State was able to bounce back last week and then get the win to yesterday against Southern Miss. Ole Miss needs to bounce back today, get a big win against La Tech. Lane Burroughs and the Bulldogs, huh? Former Mississippi State assistant Lane Burrow and the Bulldogs got the win in Oxford yesterday. They're going to look for another one today. I believe that first pitch is at 3 o'clock today, so you'll want to be tuned in to that one. You know, earlier I was talking to Bo, and we were talking about pet peeves, right? Things that make you irrationally angry. You mentioned some of them. Uh, when you try to get over on the interstate, you signal that you're going to change lanes, and the person speeds up to get in your way, or slows down to get in your way. Right? Oh, that's that. Mm, that'll get your that'll get your biscuits burned. You know what I mean? That that'll get your. <sighs> Dandruff riled up you know what I'm saying another one that I think is interesting people cutting in line or letting several of their friends cut in line it, it brings up a great point is it okay to send one member of a party into the line and then the rest of your party show up late you know if I send if I send one of the interns to the uh to the game line you know we're trying to get into duty Nova we're trying to get into vault Hemingway whatever it might be If they're holding my spot and then I show up 10, 15, 20 minutes an hour later, should I be allowed to just walk up to my my friends that are holding my spot? Or does that make you irrationally angry? That one's an interesting one to me. Here's one we didn't talk about, but I do like. When people talk in a baby voice, you ever been out in public and people talk in a baby voice? Now, I get you're talking to a baby in a stroller or an infant or something like that. You bring out the baby voice. That might be... That's still a little weird out in public, but it might be a little bit excusable. But how about those people who bring out the baby voice and there are no babies around? I mean, is that one of the dumbest things you've ever heard? People who talk in a baby voice and there's no babies around. I can't stand it. I, ugh, ugh, I don't know about you, but that that, uh, ugh, that uh, grinds my grits. You know what I'm saying? That, mm, I don't like it. Don't talk in a baby voice to me. I'm not a baby. Don't talking in a baby voice. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. What gets you riled up? What are your pet peeves? Join in on the Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776, 885-3776. Out of Bounds and the Out of Bounds podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Some of the great interviews that we do and the hilarious discussions and debates Coming up next, Dave Bartu on the NFL Draft.
1: Plus. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Show is
2: live, live
4: from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out.
0: Uh, good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show It's brought to you by USA Pawn and their mega, mega, mega store, I-55 South McDowell Road, usapawn.com. They also have a beautiful store in Vicksburg, Pearl, Canton. You can check them all out, usapawn.com. But the mega store is I-55 South McDowell Road, usapawn.com. Uh Smart TVs get ready for March Madness. Because you got back to back to back to back. Here's what you got. You have a ton of college baseball. You have March Madness. You have the Masters. And you have the NFL Draft. So we're loaded up the next three months. Maybe even four, I guess. With uh, with sports. And now I'm strongly considering going to Nashville, Tennessee. To the SEC basketball tournament. Which I don't think I've been to one in. Well, st- since Stansbury. So that that tells you that's got to be in the 08 9 I think the last time I went I was in Atlanta for the for the SEC basketball tournament. Let's welcome in our uh, our friend crazy man numbers nerd Dave Bartu on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Um this guy is so versatile that we can actually talk Chris Jan's metrics and then segue into NFL QBs. Uh Bartu good morning. Uh what is the snow factor uh, outside of Portland?
5: God dude, the snow factor here in the hills because I'm up at about 800 feet. I still got a half a foot of snow on the ground from from Thursday. So um, I'm out of Crown, but I'm not out of snow. So, you know, it's tomato, tomato.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do you think this will be your last snow of the year? In, oh, in yeah. Oregon,
5: yeah, it, 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 we, we don't really get that much snow where I'm at. I mean, we don't get bugs, we don't get humidity, we don't get heat, we don't get cold. This is this is a pretty rare uh, event where uh, even schools shut down for for a couple of days for for snow. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, but yeah, it'll be it'll be gone in the next couple of days, and and that'll be it. All
0: right, let's talk Chris Jan. You and I had a discussion about Chris Jans, uh, Mississippi State's basketball coach. I thought going into the season, uh, I did not think they would even have a shot at March Madness. I didn't think they'd make the NIT. Um, you ran some numbers on, on Jans, and what did the numbers tell you on his coaching, offensive, defensive scoring efficiency?
5: Well, it was funny. You brought him up, but I'm like, hey, I could talk about him. You're like, what? <laughs> well, so la- last year, so Chris Jans, um, so I, I, what I started doing is I started running college basketball numbers the same way I run college football numbers, scoring efficiency, offense, and defense. And Chris Jans, uh, for his career, uh, basically, I, I only look back the last five years, but he was coming into this season for his career he was top 35 in defensive scoring efficiency in college basketball. Now, keep in mind, there's 352 teams. So top 35 is top 10%, okay? In in college football terms, that's top 13. So this guy, defensively, and for everybody listening, I haven't watched one second of college basketball this year. I don't spend any time on it. I I couldn't name, until Bo brought it up, I couldn't even name anybody on the team in the SEC not a single coach nothing but what the numbers said is that this guy defensively without looking at what Mississippi State did i think well, what did i say to you i think i think it was something like i would expect them to be elite defensively and subpar average offensively and i just got done i see because of it i stayed up all night doing men's college basketball data <laughs> <laughs> there, I was, like, posting stuff, and and uh, at Mississippi State uh, director of sports information or, or or marketing or whatever, Brandon's, like, retweeting it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. No, don't do that. The formula's messed up. But Mississippi State right now, year to date, defensive scoring efficiency in college basketball, fourth out of 352.
0: Four. Wow. This
5: is a wicked Bama is third. So for reference if anybody you know for if you follow SEC basketball which I do not okay um, Alabama's third now Alabama's on a heater because um, well they were 12th through January so so they've improved um, both offensively and defensively uh, but Mississippi State they're sitting there at fourth of the Achilles heel is offense they're they're 308 uh, in In offense in the country, and well, that's you know what bottom fifty,
0: right? Right. Year one, um, he's done an amazing. So they're they're nineteen and ten or something, and they're in right now. Okay. So according to Joe Lenardi, they're they're in the dance. Um, Mm -hmm. So you've got him as elite on the defensive end this year at number four in the country, right, Dave? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal
0: damn okay
5: right so, it, so i mean if, if and this is how i look at it in relation to college football right okay this is not a balanced team all right it's sure. completely imbalanced all right but do they have the best unit on the floor in a basketball game well yeah they're 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 going to they're going to play a lot of basketball games where they have the best unit on the floor you look at the sec tournament and you look at total scoring efficiency right now Alabama's number one on the on the season. Arkansas has moved up to two. Uh, Missouri three. A and M four. Mississippi State is five. Uh, and then you have Tennessee at six. And then everybody after that: Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Florida, Ole Miss, LSU, South Carolina. They don't do anything good. None of those teams I just rattle off there don't do anything <laughs> really really good on the year. Auburn defensively, yeah, but they're 59th. Offensively, they're ninety seventh. They, they're, they're a pretty Pretty big step down. Um, I, I would think the, the, the betting favorite is clearly Alabama. Uh, I'll take a dark horse stab at betting, though, on it. Um, and this is assuming my data is right. Uh, but Arkansas, watch out for Arkansas. They have improved
4: huge.
5: You look at their numbers, they've improved huge offensively and defensively in February.
0: Dave Bartu on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, He's got Chris Jans as elite this year. I mean, really good going into the year with what he had done at New Mexico State, okay? Mm -hmm. And then, and as Bartu said to me yesterday, Bo, you, you can't get talent there. I mean, you know, so take into consideration they were bad offensively, but it's not like you have awesome shooting guards, you know, knocking down your door or point guards for that matter. Now, this year, Bartu has... Jan's uh, number four defensive scoring efficiency out of three hundred and whatever he said fifty teams, and so that that's in that's elite that's elite status. Um, total scoring efficiency: Bama one, Arkansas two, Missouri three, A and M four, and MSU five. Mississippi State's beaten three of the four of those teams. They beat Arkansas, they beat Missouri, they beat A and M. Um, they yeah. lost to Bama by two points a couple of weeks ago. So there we go. Um, all right, let's switch gears. I, yeah, I don't think there's anything else there on Bass. Yeah, let's go to NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> now we have had fun. spent
5: way too much time on non-college football stuff today.
0: Yeah, I, we've never done that actually with <laughs> you. So that was crazy. But our people are excited about Jans and this team. If, I mean, they're in right now. If they hold, they'll be bonkers, you know, at least for the first time. 5 days going into the first round. All right. Right. Uh NFL quarterbacks. Give me when when I throw out Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, maybe more, but this group of 2023 NFL QB prospects. Um what's your initial reaction? Go Two to. words.
5: Two words to this quarterback class. All right. Trade Back. Trade back. There isn't anything that the numbers like in this class. Not a damn one of these guys. I mean, go through all of them. Who has carried the? Who? Which of these guys has has elevated their team? Who? Anthony Richardson, dude. He's Deshaun Kaiser at Notre Dame. He's Jake Locker at Washington. I mean, negative quarterback effect everywhere. And don't try to tell me. You can't you can't look me in the face and go, well, I'm not sure if he had very good offensive coordinators. He had Dan freaking Mullen and, and Billy Napier. Hmm. Right? And he, and he was terrible every every year there. So I don't think he's going to be successful. You know how I feel about guys not taking number one that are from elite programs, you know, Shroud um, or, or whatever his Bryce name is. Young. Uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. An Ohio State guy can't take it. Can you take those guys? I mean, they didn't elevate their teams, those 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 teams didn't, you know, they, they were surrounded by to- huge talent and none of them did anything with it. They haven't taken that many staffs. I mean, Bryce Young, what two years worth? You know, Will Levis, I was I was on I was kind of on board last year with him because I didn't think Cohen was that good. And I, you know, and, and you had good quarterback effect in 2021, but boom, he gave it all back in 2022, didn't do anything, you know? So, and then after that, there's just nothing, there's just nothing. There's probably, you know, odds say there's one of these guys is going to emerge as a good NFL starter. But when you look at all the NFL starters, none of these guys check the box, okay. trade back. 2024 is going to be a great quarterback draft year i believe um i just don't i don't like any of these guys because they just don't get it done they didn't get it done on the field um they were surrounded by too much talent there's just nothing here that i really like in the 2023 quarterback draft class
0: and you like somebody like matt corral a lot better than any of the guys that we're referencing right
5: uh, for value, yeah, you know. Now, Matt Corral. Look, last year on the show, what did I say? Okay, I said Pickett, I said Purdy, and I said and and, uh, and Ritter. Okay, those were the top three. Easily, they checked all the boxes. Matt Corral was a concern because he is with a really good offensive coordinator. See, this is, this is one of the things you got to look at: is did they elevate the team, but did they do it unusually? And what I mean by that is, look, if you got a really good offensive coordinator, it doesn't matter. It's like Chip Kelly, right? You got Chip Kelly, you're going to put up a ton of points. It doesn't matter who quarterback is. Mike Scott could be a quarterback. Guess what? You're going to go probably ten and three with five thousand yards running and passing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I look at Matt Corral, my concern, yes, he elevated, Ole Miss. He carried the bags, but he also had a top ten offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. okay so you know lane is really good and so corral was there he had snaps he wasn't with an elite program but he wasn't one of the top three i still say where he was drafted i think he has better value than any of the guys in the draft this year
0: yeah okay dave bartu on the out of bounds show talking uh nfl draft he just loves this qb class and he joins us on the farm bureau insurance guest line You, you mentioned checking the boxes yeah let's go over them again what do you like from your guy coming out of, what do you like to see? I think it's three, really, that you really hit on. Um, right. What do you like to see from a college quarterback as they go into the NFL draft, Bartu?
5: Okay, okay. So the first thing we do, okay, everybody listen. First thing you do, get rid of all the stats. Don't look at any of their stats. Their completion percentage, their yards per game, all of that stuff, worthless. Totally, totally worthless. Okay, so first thing I'm looking at is, well, there's two big things, okay? One of them, how many snaps did they take? Did they start at least 24 games? At least 24 games, okay? Um, And hopefully they are seniors. I want experience. Even if they started just 24 games, have they been sitting on the bench for a long time? Have they been learning at the college football level? these, These juniors coming out, you know, that, uh, that, have, that have 24 games but didn't sit very much, man, those, those guys aren't successful. Unless their name's Cam Newton, it just usually doesn't work out very well. So look at the snap count and what year are they? Seniors are preferred. Three-year starter juniors, that's good too, okay? The other thing is, did they elevate the team past expectations? What did you expect the team to do? You know, if you expect Kentucky to go 7-5 and five and they go 10-2 and two every year with Levis and then it falls off after he leaves, guess what? It's probably the, probably the quarterback. So we're looking at guys that elevate the program. We're looking for guys that get a lot of starts. We're looking for guys that are older, much more mature. We're looking for guys that are not from elite recruiters. Because I believe the data says that you you, you got to learn the position and learning the position surrounded by elite talent. That's not how you do it. It's got to be hard. You got to have, you know, and having a bad offensive coordinator is a plus. That's why I had Justin Herbert as the number one quarterback and rookie of the year before the season started, because his offensive coordinator is horrible. Royal <laughs> is horrible. You know, and, and I mean, you want to talk about putting lipstick on a pig. This is, this is a guy that is a two-star offensive coordinator. And with Herbert, rattled three straight top twenty-five scoring efficiency offenses. And then as soon as he got hired by UNLB, went right back to the bottom twenty-five in offense and got fired because he can't call any plays. That's that's, that's what we want to see. Don't don't look at the stats. Don't don't be enamored by the brand Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, this that and the other. Man, those are those are semi pro teams. These guys aren't learning there. Get the guy that has had to do the hard path with the less talent. Uh, not only players, but lesser talent on offensive coordinator. Those are your diamonds. Why do you think I had Dak in the top three that year? Look what he carried. He carried that whole team for what? Three straight years of, of, of being a starter. He did. He did. State? Right. Was he a senior?
0: Yeah. Fifth yeah, year. He senior. Was,
5: yeah. Right. Was he surrounded by talent? No. I mean, he's, he, he's exactly, you know, he checked all the boxes too. Right. When Dallas took him. I told him i one of my best buddies. Who's a huge cowboy fan? I'm like, he's going to be a starter one day. I said what? I'm like, dude, that's going to be the guy. You don't see it, but that guy checks all the boxes. He is top two in potential in this draft at quarterback, and he went what fourth round? Yes. Yeah, dude. For for everybody listening, to, you know the, the the look at Eli Manning, right? We got we got two teams, two schools in your state that have great examples. Eli started for what three years? He did. Wasn't easy. Fifth-year senior. Wasn't surrounded by talent. I think he may have elevated that team. They were pretty good, right, with him?
0: Oh, he won 10 games his senior year. Went to the Cotton Bowl.
5: Can you you feel what I'm dishing out here, right? Look at Eli. Look at Dak. Strip away the brand. Strip away everything else. Look at what I'm talking about that's important. If you look at that, you will be a draft quarterback guru yourself. All you got to do is look at what's important and it's not the numbers and it's not the brand.
0: And, and it's like that there's always an NFL franchise or two in the, even in this modern day, when they have access to all this stuff, yeah. you know, they're multi-billion dollar corporations, as you know, so they don't want yeah. for anything as far as resources. And yet they'll still reach on brand even today. Oh, well, because, because here's
5: why I don't believe uh, – here's another tangent. You know, the whole, oh, we'll find you if you're good. Horseneers. That is a bunch of crap. Because a GM is no different than an AD when it comes down to protecting his job. If you're a GM of an NFL franchise, you want to keep your multimillion-dollar job, don't you, Bo?
2: Absolutely.
5: Right? So, right? so if, if you're going to draft somebody, you're going to reach on the brand. Oh, man, that Alabama linebacker sucked in the fourth round. Man. But people are going to go, well, it's from Alabama. So I, I guess I'll give him a pass on that. But if you draft that, that fourth-round linebacker from Vanderbilt, and he sucks, oh, my God, why did we reach on a guy from such a crappy program? GM sucks. See what I'm saying? Is a GM will still reach for guys but he'll reach for them more likely with a brand that won't get him in trouble if it fails.
4: Right, right.
5: Same concept. It's the same concept. 76% of all guys drafted come from a program that is 500 or better. They may find you, but they may not have the cojones to draft you.
0: Mm. So if Dak (laughs) and Matt Corral were in this class, you would have them... Over... 1-2. Okay. 1-2. Yeah. Not even a question. I wouldn't even blink at that. And
5: I'd have Dak number one, you know, uh because he had a slightly lesser talent. Mm-hmm. And he has a lesser offensive coordinator. Lane Kiffin's better than Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Every day. Right? So, um I'd, I'd go Dak one, Matt two. You know? And Dak and Eli, look, we just... They we, we, we checked the boxes. Right. It'd be the same thing. E- Eli and Dak would be 1-2. Corral would be farther down there because he just doesn't have a strong check boxes, but they're all way better than anything you see this year.
0: And when, when you hear an emotional SEC fan from Georgia try to convince themselves that Stetson Bennett is an NFL QB mm-hmm. under FCC guidelines, what's your reaction?
5: <laughs> you, know, so you know something? Uh, okay. I'll give you a little bit of a benefit of the doubt versus some of these other guys. Because Bennett's had to, look how many snaps he's had to take. Look how hard he's had to work. Now, he was surrounded by elite talent, but he's a senior. He's taken a gajillion snaps. You know, you want to talk about late round value. Somebody's going to draft him just because it's Georgia National Championship. Then if he busts, it won't look bad. But when you look at the forest through the trees, the guy's really had to persevere and he wasn't that four or five star guy and he's he's a senior and he's been there forever so uh he, he might have staying backup power in the nfl i, I wouldn't poo-poo him that much uh maybe as much as some of the other guys okay. that have come through the
0: georgia system so general manager dave bartu would be okay with bennett as a sixth or seventh round pick because like you said there's just not a lot of risk there that that far it, 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 back in the value
5: yeah right Right, he's he's checking some boxes, and there's some value there, um, and, and so there's there's potential. And we can't forget though that the NFL, just like college, is driven through the quarterback position. So you got to draft these guys, okay. Even if they're all busts, you got to draft them because what happens if CJ Stroud blows up, right? Even even though the boxes aren't, get up an awful lot, he's had to learn an awful lot uh, in that system.
0: All right. Out of bounds. ESPN one oh five nine the zone. That was perfect because we've only got a couple of minutes left. So uh Bartu really, really, really on fire today with the Chris Jan stuff and then the uh NF. He doesn't like any of them. So Bartu, um all right. Well I look, man, we're gonna have to do a little bit more NFL draft, but I, I love your criteria, kind of your model when it comes to QBs. Uh everybody I know you won't watch a a lick of it but everybody's going to get all fired up about the underwear olympics this week at the nfl combine so you as you're looking through twitter you'll see you'll be able to see who wins the underwear olympics in indianapolis
5: dude you're just making my brain material just (laughs) fall apart god turn off your tv get out
0: cool all right dave bartu on the farm bureau insurance guest line we are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. It's, it's uh, National Kahlua Day, and that uh, f- pairs well with Tito's Vodka, one of our awesome partners. That's uh, vodka made in the USA. And there's nothing like a good white Russian later tonight, so you can do uh, a little bit of that. is great in coffee, too, among other things. And it's also uh, National Retro Day. And we were going to get Blake Scott to tell us his favorite retro uniform, but we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, there are still people that are surprised that I'm not a, me- I'm not a member of a country club, and I don't know what to tell people. This surprises me that they've got me, you know, kind of pinned on that. Hey, go by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club